Welcome to episode 86 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. On today's episode, I'm joined by a member of my Instagram community by the name of Maria. Now, Maria reached out to me via DMs and asked me this question. I get anxiety when I see I don't have many calories left at the end of the day. Any advice? Does that resonate with you? This is such a common concern. And Maria and I, as we chat, I walk her through several strategies she can use so that she doesn't feel anxious at the end of the night about how much food she has left. Ready? Let's go. Hi there, Maria. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I'll turn my camera on. Hello. Hello. Hi. (laughs) So glad you were willing to hop on a call with me here today. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me on a call. So before we hop into your question, tell me a little bit about you. Like literally all I know about you is your name is Maria and we chatted <laughs> on Instagram for like a few minutes. Right. Tell yeah. Me, tell me about you. Uh, so I live in Northwest Montana. I'm ori- originally from upstate New York. I live here with my husband and my son who's 18. My daughter is 19 and moved out in the middle of uh, the pandemic okay. <laughs> this year. So um, uh, she got her own place a couple hours away. Um, and I have a dog that is pretty much my little walking buddy, workout buddy. So what kind of dog is it? He's a healer. A healer. Okay. Yeah. Australian cattle dog. Yeah. Got it. Well, welcome so much. I'm really glad you're here. Your question was really interesting to me. And so whenever anybody poses a question, I'm like, okay, a lot of people have this question. That's when I'm like, hey, want to come on and chat with the, so I'm going to read the question. The first question you asked me, and then we're going to follow up on it. So the first question you reached out was, I get anxiety when I see I don't have many calories left at the end of the day. Any advice? I think that is such a common thing. So tell me more about that. What is, what's the anxiety about? So, well, you, and you, that's what you responded with was a question, which I, it really made me stop and think for a moment, like, wait, what is the, the anxiety about? Um, and my initial feeling was, well, that I'm going to run out and then I'm going to want more food and I'll blow it. But then it also occurred to me that even when I don't, um, when I do have calories left, or even if I'm not hungry, I still just have anxiety that I'm gonna eat and blow it Mm. and and it made me think about it am I am I opposed to restriction (laughs) is that my am I rebelling against the restriction I'm not that word is super interesting yeah that's a really that's a that's a really good word for it um okay so let me ask you let me ask you this your goal is fat loss right am I understanding that correctly yes okay and how long have you been um working on fat loss oh like my whole life like, <laughs> like many people, couple of them. Right. <laughs> I totally, I totally hear you. Yeah. yeah. That was me yeah. too. Um, <clears throat> got it. And how long would you say right now you've been pretty consistently working at it this time? Sure. Like, so, um, last year about this time, I really, um, started focusing on calorie counting though. I had done that in the past. Um, I really kind of kicked it into gear and, um, focused on making sure that I was counting all of my calories and that I was working out and it was going very well until, um, probably about May when I started working from home a lot more. And then the stress of, um, change with the pandemic and, 
Um, I think I just kind of gave up for a little while and then um, wanted to try to get back into it. But in September, um, my, my, I sustained water damage in my house and was ended up having to move out of my house while it was under construction. Mm-hmm. And so we were in a new location and in between um, both houses and I didn't have a functioning kitchen. And so oh, I really just did not pay attention to um, counting calories or really what I was eating at yeah. all. Uh, and then in December, when we were able to move back into the house and have at least running water, <laughs> um, we're still working on the, the renovation, but we're getting closer. Um, oh, good, good. That's I, uh, stressful. Oh, it's a lot. Yeah. And, and just not having my kitchen to cook healthy food in was really yes. hard for me to try to figure out how I was going to tackle it. Um, so I stepped on the scale in December and saw a number that I hadn't seen since um, I was pregnant with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, clearly I'm not one of those people who can just sort of not pay attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I probably do need to pay a little bit more attention. But the, even at that time, the thought of counting calories started to give me anxiety because I didn't want it to consume my life. I had a lot of other things going on and I just didn't know if I could give mental focus to that because it's a lot of mental focus. Yeah. And so um, what I actually did was I wrote down about 25 food options and I figured out their caloric content, their fat, their um, uh, protein and carbs. And I created a chart for myself and it was everywhere from, you know, a nice salad to if I have to stop at McDonald's, this is what I could get. Mm-hmm. And I'd still hit my meal or my snack calorie goals for that day, uh, for that meal. And so I started picking from that. And so I'm basically counting calories. And is that I'm how you're still doing it? Right? Is that how yes. you're still doing it? I like yeah. that approach a lot. It's like you created your own custom meal plan without all the drawbacks mm-hmm. that come with getting a meal plan. Like, right. I like that yeah. a lot. That's a really good approach. Thanks. And are you still having, even with this approach, you're having that anxiety at the end of the day, kind of like I used it all up, like I'm out of food. As I get closer to, it's like this evening dread of dinner's approaching. I'm going to eat dinner and then Am I going to be able, if I have a few hundred calories left over, am I going to make a good choice that is going to keep me at that, that deficit? Or am I going to make a choice after dinner that is just going to be a uh, snowball effect? Got and, and then it's like the whole evening is that feeling of mm-hmm. how am I going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how's this going to, how's this day going to turn out? And then am I going to have, you know, I start judging it as it's a good day or a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. And have you typically in the past struggled the most with staying in your deficit in the evening? Like is evening nighttime snacking kind of like your thing? Yeah, I think so. Um, mainly because I'm busy throughout the day and I'm Uh not busy in the evening. And so, uh, definitely, you know, when I come home, um, at times, you know, we'll have a glass of wine and I know that that could clearly like start if I have more than one, you know, then I can start losing my calorie. Okay. Deficit. Got it. 
Hang on, I'm making a note here because there's two things I want to talk about. And the way my menopause brain works is if I don't write them down and I start talking about one, I'll be like, what was the other? What was the other thing I wanted to address? Okay. okay, so I have that one written down. So two things I want to kind of kind of hit here to take this conversation. One is something you said way back at the beginning of the conversation. The word you used was um, restriction and rebellion. Rebellion. That's the, the really interesting word to me, rebelling. And it comes from, I, I think this is really what we do to ourselves. We tell ourselves, I can't have that. I can't eat this. I don't have any food left. And we come from this real place of scarcity and when we do that, when we come from this place of scarcity, there is this sense of rebellion. Like, I'm going to do it anyway. Like, I want to do it. It's like the self-sabotage thing. Like, don't tell me no. Like, oh, yes, I can. Yes, I can. I can eat more food. And then we do it. And so one thing I would suggest, and it's really a way of changing how you think and speak about what your, what your goals are and what you're doing. Maria, you can have anything you want, anytime you want. And you need to tell yourself that, like, I could literally get up from this couch that I'm sitting at right now, you can tell yourself, and I could go eat everything in that pantry if I wanted to. Anything in there, the world is my oyster. And then, because your goal is fat loss, what you can say to yourself is, I am choosing not to have anything right now because I have already eaten the food I had allotted today, and this goal is really important to me. So I'm going to choose not to have this tonight. You know what? Tomorrow night, I might choose to have a snack, and I can totally do that if I want, right? And so it's one, you, when you do make a choice, it's not forever. It's not like I am choosing to never again eat snacks. I'm not choosing again to never again have a glass of wine after dinner. Right now, tonight, I'm going to choose not to. And that feels good to me because I really want to reach my goal. And that feels very different than like, I can't, I can't, I can't white knuckling it through the next three hours before bed. Can you feel that difference there? Yes. And I can actually relate it to the like the meal plan that I wrote out. I wrote down McDonald's options um, because we were, you know, on on the road so much back and forth between houses. I knew that that was something that we likely were going to have to do um, and had been doing. My dog has like a mental map now of where all the McDonald's are in my town, so I definitely <laughs> hit it up a little bit too quickly, but or too much, but. Um, but once I wrote it down and said that that was the option, I could do it if I wanted to. I haven't gone to McDonald's since. Oh, so interesting because you, it wasn't off limits. Like it was a definite possibility. It's on there as one of the choices, but now it doesn't feel as compelling. Right. Right. Because it's, it's not, an option. It's an option. It's not <laughs> off limits. Right. It's there. And if you want it, you can have it. And it's the same thing with these snacks at night. Like your calories don't have to run out. Like if you want, you could specifically plan and maybe it's a good strategy for you. Maybe it's not. You can kind of tell me what you think. You could plan for an evening snack every day and you could adjust your, your meal plans the rest of the day. And some people do. I have many clients who like that is a piece of their routine. They have their evening snack. They know what it's going to be and they like that thing. And that helps them stay on track because they look forward to that. And that's part of the routine. I have other clients who that is kind of like the kiss of death for them. They struggle if the kitchen is still open. And for them, it just works so much better to say like, you know what, I choose to not eat in the evenings. I'm more successful that way. And that's how they manage it. And both can work. Which feels like a better like go-to for you? That's a hard one because I do think that I know myself well enough to know that if I gave myself an allotment for a snack in the evening, I could play the game of not some days I don't have the snack and then that was a good day. And then the days that I 
do have a snack when that's a bad day. Got it. And even so though have, I hit you would my, have this weird self judgment, you wouldn't let yourself mm-hmm. be successful, even though it was the plan. <laughs> right. Got it. Um, that, but that could, also, that could the be fear of like not happen. having it after dinner scares me too. <laughs> you know what? That could you could be something you practice tackling that self-talk, right? And so when you start having those feelings of, okay, I allotted myself the snack, I had the snack, and now I feel like, oh my gosh, I went off my, I can't believe it, this was a bad day. What you would need to do is practice. And you're not going to feel like it, you're not going to feel it right away like this is okay, but you're going to practice your way to being okay with it by saying like, you know what, this was my plan. I have made a plan and I have stuck to my plan. There is no reason for me to feel guilty or feel like a failure or feel like I didn't do it today because that was my plan and I stuck to my plan. And after a time of doing that, you're going to be okay with that. You're not going to believe yourself at first, right? But you can keep reassuring yourself. You know, you can make yourself a little consistency calendar and check it off each day and being like, I've now done this 15 days in a row. And as you see the results happening, that will reinforce for you, like, this is okay. I'm doing this. Because the reality is, anybody can lose weight eating an evening snack. You can, as long as you don't go over your calories. And if you, if you can have that allotment and eat it and move on and you're good with it and you like it and it doesn't have, you have that feeling of like, oh my gosh, I don't get to eat anymore. It could be a really good option for you. I like that. I think the idea of practicing telling myself that that was, you know, that this is your plan and you're sticking to the plan is definitely something that I want to practice a lot more. Okay, great. Let's have that be one of your action items then. Okay. Is that you're going to come up with one or two, however many you like to have on your, your options for snacks is like, here are my options. Here's how much. And when you get that snack out, make sure it's something that, you know, you put the amount in the bowl or on the plate and you put the food back in the cupboard. So there's not that like three extra handfuls kind of thing. And then remind yourself before you eat it, this is part of my plan. And after you eat it, remind yourself, this is part of my plan. I am working my plan. I like that a lot for you. Is it, would it be okay if I did choose to not? Absolutely. 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 If you're like, if you're not hungry or you're like, I'm just not feeling, I don't want you to do it out of a sense of fear, right? Like I'm going to screw up my plan. And if you catch yourself doing that, you need to call yourself out on that nonsense. But if you're just not hungry one night, or if you're like, you know what? I'm going out to lunch with my friend today and I want to use more calories there. I just don't want those calories. You can need to remind yourself like, the world is your oyster. You can adjust those calories however you want. And if you want a bigger dinner or a bigger lunch, whatever, you can just not have your evening snack that night and remind yourself that night, like, oh yeah, I'm choosing to not have snack tonight because I really wanted those calories at lunch. A lot of this really is how you talk to yourself about it. Cause again, you don't want to be like, no, nah, nah, I can't have my snack because I, I already used up all my calories. Cause that's not, that's going to head down a bad road as well. Right. But reminding yourself at every turn, these are your choices. Good. I like that. And then the next piece I wanted to tackle, the thing I wrote down is talking about your evenings. Cause one of the things you said is I'm really busy during the day and I don't struggle as much with food. And this is the case for a lot of people. Our evenings are kind of like this big amorphous blob. And some people like that and need that. Other people are kind of like, I'm bored. I don't have any purpose. Like what am I even doing with my life? Like I'm just sitting here watching TV. And so one of the things that can help If that is you, if you're like, yeah, I don't really have anything that's fulfilling in the evening is to look for like, how do I actually want to spend these, these hours between dinner and bed? How do you feel about your evening routine? What do you typically do? And are you fulfilled with it? So typically, um, I come home, I make some dinner and then, um, 
it turns into sit on the couch and maybe have a glass of wine, watch TV, talk to my husband, um, and watch me eat a few bowls of cereal, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which also then makes me think uh, maybe I want that bowl of cereal. Right. Too. Sure. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, but I've, in the last week I've been thinking about that and it, it did occur to me that I have a routine in the morning. And I don't think about food in my morning because I have this routine and I know when I'm going to eat. And when I'm working all day long, I don't really think about food because I just know when lunch is and I already planned my lunch. Um, and my evenings are sort of a free for all. So I started incorporating a couple of things, um, trying th some things out like distraction measures <laughs> for myself basically. Um, I bought a book, so nice. I think maybe, you know, sitting down and just reading for a while would be good. Um, my husband and I started taking our dog out to play Frisbee for like a half hour every night. And it's, um, I didn't want something that was just me time because I don't see my husband all day and mm -hmm. I, I like spending time with him. <laughs> so, um, our, after, you know, our evening time is our social time with each other. And so I wanted to pick something that was the two of us could do too. And, um, we both decided that we really should spend time exercising the dog, playing Frisbee with him. So we go out and take like 15 minutes or a half hour to play Frisbee with him, which is a nice distraction. And I realized that that fresh air really helps mm. as well. Um, as they come inside and make a cup of tea and it's the tea has been kind of a lifesaver this last week for me because I'm having something and I have something in my hand mm -hmm. and it's warm and it's comforting and it tastes good, but you know, it doesn't have any calories and I don't have to worry about it. I love this. You are, you're putting together a, the start of a great evening routine for yourself here. Like the walk with your husband kills so many birds with one stones, right? Like you're, you're, sp you're spending time with your spouse. You're spending time with your puppy. You're outside. You're getting movement in, right? Yeah. So all yeah. of these things, that's fantastic. And then coming back and having that nice warm tea, like you said, keeps your hands busy, keeps your mouth busy. It feels satisfying. Um, I love all this for you. And then the book, you know, and so keeping these things going, I think building this routine, you know, it's something for you to look forward in the evening versus just having a snack to look forward to. Cause a lot of us end up eating at night because it's something pleasurable and comforting when we don't have anything else much going on. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I think that's what it is something to look forward to because I haven't had very much to look forward to other than just finally sitting down and relaxing but I think that there are other ways that I can relax. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you've got the, the, the walk with the Frisbee, you've got the tea, you've got the book. I would say maybe brainstorm over the coming week, two more things for like when the book is done, or just so you have these options of like, what am I going to do tonight that I'm going to look forward to? Um, that's waiting for me, um, you know, to really satisfy my emotional needs. It's not going to be food. And I'm not going to even have the time to sit around and fret about the food because I'm interested and excited about this thing I'm doing. Perfect. So much of this, it is about the food, but it's not all about the food. Right. <laughs> it's a mental game. I think a lot of the time it's just, um, if I am bored or just not, um, occupied, I will, I just tend to do some mindless eating to occupy my time. 
Absolutely. And you're not alone there. Boredom eating is a huge <laughs> issue for people, especially now, you know, with, right. with the pandemic, everyone's just sitting at home and they're not having all the activities they're used to. And a lot of people are using food to fill that empty void. And so proactively looking for other things to fill that void is so, so important. All right, Maria, this has been a great conversation. Is there anything else I can help you with while we're here? Um, so I, I do have one more question. I have um, a good yoga routine and um, I walk or jog every morning, um, but I do really want to incorporate some strength training into my life, but I don't, I'm hesitant right now to add too much into it. I've put some strength training into my practices before and I even gung ho with it and then hurt myself and then mm. been out for a little while. Um, and also I just want something that's going to be manageable and I want, I want to stick with it. I don't want to go full force into something and not be able to keep this as a part of my life. So, um, I was just looking for some advice on how to start slowly incorporating some strength training. I love that. I love that you're looking at introducing it. It's so key, especially, especially for us as women, as we age, it's really going to help us to age healthfully. Like if you want to be the woman who can bend down on the ground and pick something up and stand back up and get off the toilet and pick up um, your dog and all the things like building muscle is so key to that. You know, not to mention it's good for our bone health and our waistline and all of these things. So yes, let's get you going on a little bit of that. The good thing here is that you are totally willing to ease into it. There is no reason that you have to go, you know, gung ho and do three, four, five days per week, two days per week of some strength training would be a great way for you to ease into it. And you would have great, and you'll get good benefits. It's not like you can still get good benefits from there. It's a great place to start. Um, do you have any, um, weights at home? Um, I just have a couple of uh, like three pound little dumbbells, but I am looking at getting some, okay. um, some more weights. I just, but I don't really know where to start. Okay. Got it. Okay. So here's what I would suggest to do to start. The first thing that I would suggest to do is to get a little bit of equipment. If you can right now, it can be hard. It is available now. Gosh, like seven months ago, it'd have been like, good luck. <laughs> like you're not getting any, <laughs> but it is out there now. So I would suggest you get some dumbbells. If you want to get a set of adjustable dumbbells, those don't take up much space, or you can just get the regular free weight kinds. I would want you to get things as heavy as five pounds, 10 pounds, 15 20, 25, 30, 35. I'm telling you, you will need those. If you're like, what am I going to do with 35, 40 pound weights? You're going to use them. So get some dumbbells. Um, that would be my number one. Like if you could only get one piece of equipment, that would be the one. Okay. On top of that, my other next top three that I would suggest you get are an adjustable bench that can be flat or on an incline. They have them as you can fold them up and put them in your closet. So that's okay. going to give you a lot of um, things you can do using the dumbbells on the bench. The next two things I would recommend, and I know you're probably like, I don't do chin-ups. It's okay. An over-the-door chin-up bar makes it very accessible. And then you get these long rubber band loop bands to go with that. You can loop them up and then you can use things to work your back, like a lap pull-down machine would be at a gym. And so oh, okay. those are, those are the, the four, like when I get new clients, these are the things I say, like, I need you to have at least this um, for me to be able to program for you. So that's the equipment I would suggest. Okay. Then what I would suggest you do is go to my YouTube channel. Um, I'll link the video here. Um, there, I have a lot of videos there. One is, um, what's it called? I believe it's called how to get a good workout in at home. I'm almost positive that's what it's called. And I'll put it in the show notes here. I show you the equipment to get, and then I give you a full routine to do there. Um, 
it shows you exactly how to get started with each exercise. What we want you to do is feel really comfortable with these exercises. So what I would suggest you do is watch me do each of the exercises. So it's going to have a goblet squat in there. Watch me do the goblet squat. Try it with zero equipment at a time. You're not even trying to work out. Like, don't even like be like, I'm working out. You're just learning kind of like, you know, if you're learning to play on the piano, you're just sitting at the piano and like plucking at the keys and seeing what's what. So do that with each of the exercises and be like, oh, here's, here's what a goblet squat looks like. I'm going to try that out. Here's what a row looks like. I'm going to try that out. Okay. Then with your first workout, what I want you to do is film yourself doing some of these with your camera, just lean it up against a water bottle or something, video yourself doing some of this with no weight or very lightweight. Okay. 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 And then watch it back and watch the video of me and then look at yourself and look at me and you want them to match. Okay. Okay. When it feels, when it feels comfortable, like you're like, oh, this feels good. I mean, obviously it's going to burn because you know, that's, if there's no pain and you're like, yes, I look like this, then it's time to start upping the weight on those and you'll start increasing your weights. And that is what I would suggest you do. So that program that you're going to find, it's going to have a, it's going to have a squat. It's going to have a row. It's going to have a lunge. It's going to have um, an upper body pull an upper body push. These are the, and those are the moves we want you, whoever's listening to this, those are the moves we want you to get good at doing when you start. If you have the ability to like hire an in-person trainer, even for like a couple of sessions to say like, Hey, teach me these six moves, make sure I'm doing them well. I highly recommend that to people. Okay. If you can't, you don't, you don't have to do that. And I know it's really hard right now because there's, yeah. it's hard with, with, with COVID. Some people aren't, it's not um, comfortable for them. Some people it's not even available for them. I'm in a perfect world. That would be a, a great way to start. Okay. Does great. that give you, does that give you a good place to start? Definitely. Yes. Amazing. Well, Maria, thanks so much for coming on. I'll make sure I tell you the, the exact name of that, <laughs> that video that you can find it and then keep me posted and let me know how it goes. You know, talking to yourself, talking yourself about how these are your choices and coming up with the new nighttime routine and, and all the things. Great. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for being here and listening in to the Fitness Simplified podcast today. I hope you found it educational, motivational, inspirational, all the kinds of ational. <laughs> if you enjoyed it, if you found value in it, it would mean so much to me if you would go ahead and leave a rating and review on whatever platform you are listening to this on. It really does help to get this podcast to other people. Thanks so much.